people of Earth, if you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. Listen up, fanboys! This is the Fanboy Planet Podcast, and here's your host, Derek McCall! Thank you, this is Derek McCall, Editor-in-Chief of FanboyPlanet.com. We are podcasting on a Tuesday before Black Friday, or as the rest of us care about it, Thanksgiving Thursday. Uh, (laughs) It's November 25th. We're podcasting on the Tuesday because, of course, Wednesday tends to be a weird, weird day before Thanksgiving. Very strange day. (laughs) And, uh... Uh, and we wanted to get this podcast out because we had a little bit of a gift guide just in case you're going to do, let's see, Black Friday, Small Business Saturday. This is this has sent Rick into so many discombobulations. We, we've almost bearded out the soundboard. He What's just, Sunday? What's, was there a special day for Sunday? We got it's cyber? a day of rest, it's you a day of rest. bastard. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, quietly our announcer, our man in Los Angeles, I'm Nate Costa. And our podcast producer and moral compass. Rick Brett Snyder. We shall see if he succeeds at that. Well, (laughs) I know what it is for me. The moral compass. It's true north. Always true north. Mm. Anyway, of course, then we have a little extra celebration. You may note that, that Nate is even more subdued than usual because he's had about three hours sleep in the past week for he is now the proud. Can we, can you say it? Are you? No, let's say it. Announce it, man. Maybe we'll get some letters. The proud father to one Mary Jane Costa. Ah, new baby, less than a week old and already reading comics. Now, is Mary Jane a family name or is it uh, inspired by something else? All of the above. So, (laughs) which is it? (laughs) Which Mary Jane is it? (laughs) Her her middle name is Nicole, which is my wife's middle name. Hmm. Mary Jane. Your middle name. Yes. Uh, <laughs> my mom's name was Mary, and we have a million other Mary Costas in my family. So we didn't want to just do Mary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we got one of those baby books with 101 plus, 101,000 names in it. And then just got high. And <laughs> we, uh, we highlighted the names that we liked. It was boys and girls, so we highlighted all the boy names we liked, highlighted all the girls' names we liked. And the ones that we both highlighted, we narrowed down into a list. And then we took our top ten that we mutually agreed upon and narrowed that down. And then we came up with uh, Mary Jane as the winner. (laughs) And yet, just like having my son's name being Luke... (laughs) There's no way anyone's going to believe that story just happened in co- by coincidence. <laughs> no, it's not a coincidence because the three of three of my favorite names were Mary Jane, uh, Hazel, which is the infant in Saga, <laughs> and uh, he still and owes us lunch. Gracie, which, as we all know, is 
from Big Trouble in Little China, Gracie yeah, Law. What yeah. the hell's Gracie Law doing here? Yeah, yeah. And actually, we almost went with Gracie as a middle name. But, Mary uh, Jane Gracie. That sounds too much like John Wayne Gracie. Right. <laughs> has, uh, has Mary Jane watched Big Trouble in Little China yet? Not yet. No. Dude. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. That's a great <laughs> idea. Uh, <laughs> I'm waiting to get it on Blu-ray. I only have the DVD. Uh, Actually, do I have it on Blu-ray? It's pretty inexpensive on Blu-ray. Yeah, I and know. And if not, it's suddenly on the gift guide, which is the point of tonight <laughs> in our slow in our slow intro. But we're we're slow because we don't want to break the baby. And by the baby, I mean Justin's down the hall and he's cranky. Hmm. I don't know that he's not. Is he even here? Are you there? He's been very quiet. Uh, anyway, uh, before we get further into it, of course, I want to say that you can catch us on iTunes, you can catch us on the Stitcher app, you can find us at www.fanboyplanet.com, and of course, anything you hear about tonight on the gift guide, we will do our best to have links up up on the Amazon site, because tomorrow, in that weird night before Thanksgiving, uh, I really have nothing better to do, so um, uh, you know, I will probably uh, spend time catching up on superhero shows and doing Amazon links on the Fanboy Planet website. Uh, you can, of course, favorite us. You can uh, subscribe. You can tell your friends. And there's a weird look on Rick's face right now, and I, I hope that doesn't mean something horrible is happening. No, I no? was I, all my uh, my notes all have links on. It. I clicked on one of the notes, and it came up with the weirdest thing. But it was just another page that was already up in the past. Okay, <laughs> CNN reporting alien invasion because yeah. really that's about all that's left. To They're on our right street now. right now. Yes. <laughs> oh great! <laughs> I knew you shouldn't have moved on to Maple Street. Anyway. Mockingbird Ooh, Lane. No, 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 no. I went Mockingbird I, Lane. I went Twilight Zone steeper. Mockingbird Lane. <sighs> anyway, uh, so there. And of course, if you are offended by anything we write, editor at fanboyplanet.com. But we should note not only the Amazon links, but of course, if you can, uh, help somebody out on Small Business Saturday, which I find is something ironic. I love the concept of making sure you shop at a small business, but that it's sponsored by the conglomerate American Express still feels a little weird. But that's America for you. I've done it the last couple of years. Ain't it's it been grand. pretty good. The Ain't thing about it is you have to you have to register your card way ahead of ahead of time. Oh, it's too late. Yeah, it's probably too late to do it now. How about if you pay cash? If you pay cash, then you don't get the. I don't want the points. I want to help out small businesses. Then you can do that every day of your life. Sometimes I just do things for the sake of it being good. Yes. And then I because do because that's what you use your powers for. Only for good. That's use your money only for, for good. good. So uh, let's let's uh, begin with the gift guide, shall we? Should, we? We should. We, we should. should. So, should uh, we, do you want to do the whole gift guide or spot it through? Oh, we, let's do the whole gift let's guide. Let's do the whole gift guide. We're going to talk about books slash comics first of all because that is ostensibly at least why we started the website and the podcast, uh, you know, is, is all bound by mutual love of comics and, and books. So uh, go ahead. I, whoops. Something's oh, this is something I... This is something that, that I just got today. This is a Christmas tree topper from the BBC. Oh, I almost bought one of those. It's a weeping angel. I had to argue with Luke. Uh, is this? Uh, I think you can also find these currently at Hot Topic. Uh, but I, This just, came from ThinkGeek. You no, know, I understand. I'm just saying you can go online and get it at ThinkGeek, but I believe that Hot Topic does have them. But I have a Mickey Mouse uh, tree topper, and I felt that... Uh, I, I didn't. I, Luke was like, "Oh, you get an angel." And I was like, "Uh huh." And if we got that weeping angel, then you would just stare at the tree all day <laughs> long for fear well, of it moving. It's super cool though, because if somebody doesn't know Doctor Who, they're just going to think it's an angel. 
It's a shy angel. Oh, Debbie's, Debbie's bringing out things we've bought for other people. Well, you know, we said we'd start with books. She's contributing. But, but Debbie never listens to the itinerary because she doesn't care. It's her house and she goes, screw it. Um, <laughs> just like that. I, I was actually intrigued by that. The also chemist cocktail set. We are not actually sponsored by Think Geek, but they're welcome to if they'd like to. Yeah. So this is for um, our niece, who actually was a um, chemistry biology major. For the evil mad mixologist. Yes. Uh, so it has, uh, I don't know what you call that kind of tray. I know there must be a firm for it. but uh, Stand. A stand. <laughs> Thank you. But there's beakers and the uh, Erlenmeyer flask yes. right there to yes. mix your drink in. With the classic cocktail shake. The test tubes. And yes. 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 So l- lovely. Wonderful. Um, didn't, wasn't that on your list last year or did I that? just, did, no. was, was I just saw it on, on Think Geek last year? You probably just saw it. A couple Think of years ago, I really got into Think Geek and then I, this year I, I think I've ordered too late I, or I'm getting into the spirit too late. We always go on Think Geek. It's like we need to get one thing and then it's like you have to buy four more things to get the free shipping. And, and it, a monkey patch or something. Yeah. There's like, a, yeah. in case you've been addicted to monkeys and you need the monkey patch. You so, got a monkey on your... I do. Yeah. I do. But I'm I'm drinking a lovely creme brulee coffee beverage right now. That's very good. To take care of that monkey. Mm. The secret's in letting it swizzle with the tail. Here at Bre- Cafe Brett Cave, yeah. Brett Cave <laughs> the uh, barista <laughs> knows how to brew these things. The barista. Keurig. Uh, is it Keurig? Keurig. It's okay. A, anyway, um, so... I just didn't know it was officially. Let's go to the, and then we're going to talking books and comics, but certainly you can go to Think Geek and get that lovely cocktail set if you'd like to be a mixologist and a mad scientist Indeed. in the same, which if you're uh, like... Or a mad mixologist. If you're just newly turned legal uh, to drink, you probably are just doing the craziest combinations of liqueurs to discover, what do I like? So that's it's a good the one. way people learn. That's right. You've got to experiment. Mm-hmm. Cole Porter wrote it best. Should we start with comics? Let's start with comics. Uh, so actually I'm going to leave my number one off because I think Nate might pick it up. So go to the second one, which is, uh, Star Wars limited edition omnibus, the Star Wars limited edition omnibus, Mm. the Mm -hmm. hardcover, uh, collected edition of the Star Wars. correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but you have actually already purchased that for yourself, right? I'm only doing things I have personally vetted. Uh, Okay, no, I just... (laughs) He's, this he's, is not my list. This is spend, a list for other people. He's just spending money for others. Uh, no, 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 it's interesting. I, I know the only reason I'm asking is because I believe I've seen it. I, there, he is. He there just, are a few things on here. He that just I, gives and gives and consumes and gives. There are a few things on here that I have not purchased. Okay. So. Okay. So that that's one. I think it's a wonderful, a wonderful collection. It's certainly beautiful. We talked about it on the show before. Uh, that's right. We did. That's why I was okay. On the, along the same lines, the planetary omnibus, which is. Absolutely, one of my favorite self-contained. Oh, we rotate around. Okay, good. Uh, okay. Uh, well, well, you've got it. There's I'll just run through mine. Go ahead. Uh, wonderful self-contained uh, storybook. This is actually a better collection than the Absolute because that has more material in it than the Absolute Edition does. Um, Doctor Who: Prisoners of Time, the complete series, available in paperback. A wonderful, again, a, a good, solid Doctor Who. And across all the doctors at that time. Does the paperback have all twelve, or is it two volumes? I think it's uh, it's one. There is a one volume of all twelve. Okay. Yes. Uh, then one that I I don't have, but I I am looking forward to. I, and it's actually out now. Just to, it's um, on my list, which is Tarzan, Brune Hogarth's Lord of the Jungle. It's an oversized collection of one of the 
preeminent Tarzan artists uh, and a good solid story uh, by Ed Grice Burroughs. Um, and then the last in comics that I have with the one spoiler that I think Nate will pick up was the Doomed Patrol Omnibus by Grant Morrison, mm-hmm. which is all of Morrison's crazy run on redefining the Doom Patrol, which echoed through a number of books that followed as well. For a little while until DC decided to change everything to up. To change everything up, yes. Yep. Now, what uh, what made you think I was going to list that? Not that one. There's one that I didn't. Oh, there's the one on my list that had, I, I will only bring up if you don't say it. <laughs> I see. Hint, there's dead and they're walking. No, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I just had a couple that I, I was going to note. And um, uh, one, because it was news this week, and it's like, I, you know, I'm really tempted. But it's going to be very expensive, so I like to put those on gift lists. If there's someone who's willing to spend uh, that kind of money on their nerd. Marvel's coming out with a Secret War, Wars boxed set. All that, the prior ones? That has all the prior ones. Uh, including uh, paperbacks that include it's so the box set is like three to four hundred dollars. Um, that it's going to it has the original Secret Wars miniseries, right? Uh, then uh, then a collection that has all the things that were uh, the ripples went out of the original, as they say, Battle World. You know, in the eighties, I didn't call it Battle World. I didn't know uh, that. That's but that, but that's what they're calling it for this new Secret Wars, which uh-huh. does explain all those crossovers now. Okay. So they want you to be able to get everything. And there's Secret Wars two, right? And this is all the miniseries that were attached to Secret Wars two, because that's when Marvel figured out, ooh, it's not just enough to do that. So they're historically Secret Wars <laughs> yes. two was not only a sequel, but it was a sequel that that they realized they could do. Other side stories that broke involving. through in breaking our wallets. Yes, and uh, so anyway, they, they they have it all in a nice uh, boxed set, which with a painting that will include kind of images from the new Secret Wars that will include. It. But they also are including the Secret War that Bendis wrote. Uh, Nick Fury with Nick Fury. Ah, so, I was wondering about so that. Anything that's ever been called Secret War, interesting, is being included there. And I think that might even include hmm. the Illuminati, which says, which is where they said that. Secret Wars two had happened uh, on a uh, was a like a an Inhuman that was on a, had created a whole different world, so those things didn't actually have to happen. Ah. The more embarrassing things, so that thus setting the stage for Battle World, in which all of the events uh, of every past Marvel big crossover and alternate reality will be pulled into a world. And they've released a map today uh, that shows where on the planet, like. Um, Utopia is and where uh, so that would be where the House of M is and uh, where even Contest of Champions are at one point and, and so wow. all kind of, everything is so Utopia is not of Champions, San Francisco huh? Bay and then, and then on the map they have, a, they have a little key and one of the key and on the key there's like five places where they say classified like they're not saying here there be dragons here there here there be DC characters uh, <laughs> <laughs> the JLA versus Avengers had to have happened somewhere yeah uh, so anyway it's a good flashback and uh, it, it's expensive on on a lesser note uh, you know which I think it would be a good stocking stuffer here because I was taken by surprise from last week but this is totally worth it for those who want I did cheap not see Batman that. 66. Oh, you did not see this. I did not see so, that. So, um Batman 66 the lost episode came out. So this is going to totally do you know anything about this Rick? Not at all. Okay, so this is going to this is going to get you very excited. All right. Um this is uh written by Len Wein. It is adapted from 
an unproduced script oh. from Batman 66 by Harlan Ellison, which would have introduced oh, I did hear about Two-Face this. into did hear about the this. series, but they deemed Two-Face too scary for yeah, the TV yeah, show. Yeah. So uh, this is it with a, with a fantastic an Alex Ross cover. Um, and Jose Garcia Lopez doing the art inside. So that's fantastic. And the reason I put it as a gift guide thing is because I, I, I wasn't prepared for it to be $10. I thought it was going to be like a little... Uh, well, it's nine ninety nine. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you and gas companies colluding. Uh, but anyway, you know, it's a nice something to show, in, to, to put into a stocking stuffer or give it's just... It's almost a, a Tommy Lee Jones style. Yeah, which is interesting there. I don't know... Um, the rumor had been, and and they don't they didn't get the likeness here, but the rumor had been that Clint Eastwood was supposedly uh, the one they wanted great. to tap as Two Face on the show. But uh, so that's that's available in your stores right now, and it is um, there will be time if you go into your local comic shop and, and and they're sold out. You could probably special order it from Diamond in time to get to your shop before Christmas. So I, I want to put that out there. And and the other thing, uh, well, just speaking of Harlan Ellison adaptations, I don't think it's coming out in time. From um, from IDW, you know, the City on the Edge of Forever was finished up right uh, last week, so they're coming out with a heart with a nice hardcover collection of that, and that was a beautiful adaptation. So I'm not sure if that's coming out in time for Christmas or not, but I believe in the Feast of Kings and allowing for, as my family used to call it, Little Christmas on January 6th. So if it's out in time, then that's that's good. Um, you know who would have been a good Two Face? Josh Brolin. No, he was he was uh, Jonah Hex. I know. <laughs> I, I just want to remind you, Rick, that Jonah Hex happened. All you want for Christmas is for that to be wiped from history, but it's not going to be. Uh, and and but the last thing <laughs> that I had not gotten the chance to talk about on the podcast, but I think is a beautiful, uh, beautiful two books, is that uh, P. Craig Russell adapted. Uh, Neil Gaiman's The Graveyard Book into a two-volume graphic novel set recruiting other artists to adapt, uh, to draw chapters uh, with him. I think he draws two chapters and Scott Hampton draws a chapter. And he Kevin does the Nolan cover does, too. And he does the covers for both. And he, and he adapted everything into the comic book script form. Beautiful, beautiful books. And, and totally the showing the power of a colorist because the continuity of the book is kept by the same palette going through the whole thing and it's, and it's just pop but it's but it's a it's a wonderful novel for kids if you haven't read it you know it's a, a little dark but you know kids like dark it's like mm. you know we've got a goosebumps movie coming you know kids love to be scared a little bit and it's just that right level of just a little bit scared and the justice and, and the stories in it are as whimsical it's the jungle book essentially if instead of Mowgli being raised by uh, the, by jungle animals, he's uh, raised by ghosts in a graveyard and a vampire. And um, just if, if you haven't read the book, and even if you have read the book, experiencing it through the graphic novel adaptation is just a, a wonderful side thing. So it's a make a lovely two volume gift if you'd like to spend something about forty dollars. Uh, it's twenty dollars per volume uh, for a loved one who needs to be swept into comics from Harper Collins, I believe. So. Um, Russell's just the perfect artist for for game right, work and he had done the Dream did, Hunters, yeah. and I, I want to say there was one other thing he had done with him too. Did he did he do one of the covers for the new Sandman? Oh, I think he did the covers, but I mean, I, and and someday we'll get the rest of those Sandman. Yeah. Um, thanks for reminding me. You know, that's what I want for Christmas issue three. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think I, it's another one where I'm, I may just I may have to wait and buy it in a single volume. But I'm thinking there was one of the other. Oh, Coraline. He did. Uh, he mm. drew Coraline for uh, 
for gaming. Just a classically which beautiful Which I want to go back, and I, I'll recommend that. Get Coraline. You know, actually anything with P. Craig Russell, because he's not only done operas, which is interesting, but his, if you, uh, which I believe came back from Paper Cuts last year, the uh, fairy tales of Oscar Wilde were adapted by P. Craig Russell, and those are amazingly beautiful books. And amazingly beautiful stories. If all you know, Oscar Wilde, is the importance of being earnest. There was a mighty soul that beat underneath that huge frame and uh, and the lilacs and all that. But uh, he really, really, his fairy tales with children are beautiful, moving pieces. So um, get you in the right spirit. Uh, you know, pick those up. Nate, what do you have? Let's see, book-wise. Item number one. The... Uh, Saga Deluxe Edition Volume 1 Hardcover. Got it in one. That was the one I'd held back on. (laughs) There you go. I want that. Which comes out today. Oh, it's been out for a week. Oh, has it been out for a week? Yeah, for a week, yeah. All right. Well, then the date on Amazon is incorrect. Well, uh, comic stores I know had it, had it for a little while. Amazon and made you it know, back. You know, a, a lot of uh, a, a lot of publishers are doing that. Yeah, I think uh, giving it's a good it thing. to giving it to stores, uh, comic shops first. That's good. Yeah. I think that's a great thing. Um, and didn't if I could probably look at last year and see if I put Saga Volume One on there too. Pretty sure you did. <laughs> <laughs> Collects issues one through eighteen, which, if there was one that I put on last year, would not have that many issues. I don't think. No, I want to buy it in that in that edition. Yeah. Um, but yeah, cannot recommend Saga more. I have all of these single issues, and will continue to collect this series because it is awesome. Yep. Yes. Was that the only book you had? No, I have one oh. other book that's a novel. Uh, I've got novels in a different, uh, or I have non-comic books. Okay, well, it's comic-related. It's a comic-related novel. It's Robert Kirkman's Walking Dead Descent, Ah. which also has been out for a little while. It came out in October. But this is just a continuation of his... He started with uh, Rise of the Governor, Rise of the Governor, Fall of the Governor Part 1, Fall of the Governor Part 2. Did you read those? The Descent. I read the first. I haven't read one, and I haven't read this one, so I'm two behind. Okay. Okay. Well, and it's good to call attention to it because now there's a lot of people that would like it. And sometimes novels sort of get overlooked when you go to the comic shop, even though most comic shops would probably pick it up because they'd say, "Oh, there's there's interest." But it's easy to overlook when you go on your on your weekly, you know, buying spree. So, did you have any books? Uh, no, I was in, I was including those, Okay, uh, you know, I, I was fine. So I, let me, let me run down. I've got four in this that, uh, that I'm going to start with, uh, Rocketeer Jetpack Adventures by Jay Bone, a series of prose Rocketeer Which stories. we've talked about a couple of times. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then, uh, by Rob Perlman, uh, Not this Ron Perlman. No, this is Rob Perlman. Um, and this is just fun. It's called, oddly enough. Fun with Kirk and Spock, um, which is a it, which is a fun with Dick and Jane style book of Kirk and Spock's romping through the various the original series Star Trek stories, and I don't think I've shown it to you. I, I actually this was something I just picked up immediately upon seeing it. Just very very amusing for you people. Um, Always for you. Yes, just for you. Uh, Doctor Who Engines of War, 
which is the first prose novel using the, the war, war doctor, doctor. Right. I saw that at uh, Bacon. By George Mann. And, uh, and then finally, if you're looking for something that for an aficionado of art and people who like movies or paperbacks or, you know, hard case crime books, there is a recent collection of The Art of Robert E. McGinnis um, called, oddly enough, The Art of Robert E. McGinnis. Um, and this is the guy who, you, you if I say what you've seen his work in, you'll know his style immediately. He did many of the post-Goldfinger, let's see, when did he start? Bond posters? Bond posters. Probably Diamonds of Forever. Diamonds of Forever is definitely one. Um, it's an interesting yeah. art, yeah. And very seventies. He's done. He did a lot of the, um, a lot of the art for uh, Peter Sellers movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it, it's there's he has a, a he goes from kind of comic almost the Frazetta style. In fact, I think some of them were Frazetta and him working together. And then he does these um, these noir uh, um, mystery novels with the women in various states of mm-hmm. undress and with a gun hidden or whatever just a it's a it's a beautiful book and um a, a perfect gift for somebody who you're looking for who might be hard to buy for unless they're really not into bond and in which case why do you know them if you if you if you if they like art if they like the art and the style of fanish art i think this is this is a book that will make a fan of someone so all righty well, shall we move to uh, to DVDs? We cover movies yeah. and television that way. Video. So. Video, yes. So... Uh, you want to start? Uh, oh, yeah, I want to... I, I will start with... it. With um, Yes, yeah, so, well, let's go up, up front with, of course, what we know I'm going to be pushing. I think we all are going to have the same item on our Ready? list. Is it? Does it come with a Batmobile? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. The Batman 66 uh, boxed, uh, limited edition boxed set. Uh, it's beautiful. I have not unwrapped mine. Have you unwrapped yours? No, or are you going to wrap it up and give it to yourself? And yes. that's what I'm going to do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nerds. I, I just no. I actually kind of feel like I should, you know, watch some. And uh, I, I happen to know that Michael Goodson already has. He's introduced his daughters now to Batman '66. And I was in the Burbank Airport uh, Friday night, and I got this text saying. Um, gay fe- let gay fellows take you to the cleaners, which apparently is uh, a a laundromat truck uh, in in this first season uh, that he saw, and he was like, I was like, "What? What's going on?" And he just said he's introducing his daughter to uh, daughters to the innuendo and TV shows. Yeah, that's fantastic. It's all right. So um, you know, and it does include the movie. Uh, so we, we had been a little bit unsure. I don't think it has all the commentary that Adam West had recorded, but I'm sure then you could go to adamwest.com and probably get Listen it and, da- it. Yeah. and download it. Um, so I, you know, yeah, that's, that's great. I'm going to throw in as well. Let's see a couple of things here coming out. If you may have noticed that in de- on December 25th, Disney's coming out with a little musical, uh, adaptation f- full of people who don't sing Yes, uh, called into the woods. Yes. And it, and I hope I'm not spoiling it for anyone who says, who goes, what? It's a musical. Cause for a while, like with Sweeney Todd, they were hiding the fact that, that they it was were a musical. musical. Yeah. I'm not even sure that Annie. One of my favorite musicals. That is my all-time favorite musical. And I wish. And three weeks ago, I got to attend in Costa Mesa a reunion of the original cast where they sold 
the Blu-ray ahead of time. Oh my! So if you of, watched it of the stage show, which had oh. been, which had been recorded for PBS. Yeah, I've seen that. So uh, next week it'll be coming out, and it's a perfect gift because the movie. Yeah. It's probably okay. Oh, no. But that, it's not that stage show. That, that cast so is wonderful. the first over, ever Blu-ray. So I, t- I attended an event, yes, the cast reunion, and they sang numbers from the show. And Mo Rocca interviewed uh, Stephen Sondheim and James Lapine and actually the entire cast that was there. And I got Chip Zane, who was the baker, to sign my DVD, so my Blu-ray. So um, that this Blu-ray is coming out. It's, uh, it is the best possible recording of one of the best musicals in American history and I'm sure the Disney movie's fine but it's not I can what sit that down and watch that that staging right any right, I, I right. come in and on the middle of it and I will it, watch it and it end. is one of those things where they got the idea oh we do have the technology we can actually film the original Broadway cast on the stage doing the show yeah and so it is a performance not lost to time it is a performance right there for everyone so definitely recommending that coming out and uh, one that I had fun with. Who plays uh, the witch? It's uh, uh, Bernadette Peters. Bernadette Peters, when she does that kind of rap at the beginning. Uh, which, they, which they suggested. It was that the first rap in Broadway yeah, history. it may have been. It, <laughs> it may have been. been. And she can do it perfectly from memory and sat there and just did it. And, and I talk about a, a woman who figured out a look to seem ageless. Because she does not look like she's aged a bit. I think it's because of the hair. Yeah, you're always drawn to the hair. She got adapted that look really early on. I don't know if it's a wig or it's really her hair, but whatever she can maintain it. it's like Dolly Parton and Cher. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they've, they've got an immortal look. Um, and the last thing I'll mention, and we talked about very briefly, but Luke and I watched it. Uh, they've sell, uh, released UHF Weird Al's film on Blu-ray for the 25th anniversary, including among its extras uh, the panel they did at Comic Con this last year. So. Um, I rewatched it, and I know Nate's going to hate me for this, but uh, he'll get over you it. You go to hell, and you go to hell. You haven't even heard what I've said. Is that, <laughs> I don't have to. Is that, <laughs> is that I thought, when I saw the movie in the theaters, it was like, oh, it was fun, but I did not like get totally en- en- enraptured by it, that, like a lot of people who are really hardcore fans of it. I was like, it's funny. And I was like, okay, but it doesn't make a lot of sense, and it's goofy, and, and somehow it just didn't hang together. It's a little budget, kind of. And it just didn't hang together. For me now, my son loved it, and I want to say for anybody thinking about this, what is amazing to me, because for me, Weird Al is the parodist. You know, it's almost like you had to know the songs. Like, I was in a store the other day, I heard My Sharona, uh, and all I could think was My, my Bologna. I was singing that ahead, and it's like, well, Weird Al's version's there, but that without even knowing the original stuff, and and UHF is full of visual parodies of things that have passed away. I mean, besides you, you know. Certainly, people know the Raiders of the Lost Ark parody right, that right, opens, right. but a lot of other stuff is lost culturally, but it's still funny. Yeah, and what really impressed me about that about the film is how is it's held up in a way that I did not expect it would. When I saw it, I thought oh, it's a parody of now, and parodies often don't last, um, but it's still funny on its own, and in you know, like. Luke found the funniest line, uh, same line that I found funniest was, Badgers, we don't need no stinking badgers, is delivered so perfectly, and yet my son has never, never seen, seen Eli Wallach. <laughs> it's not Eli Wallach. It was, oh, it's... Uh, tre- it, 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 that's, you're thinking good, the bad line. Yeah, right, right, it's right. It's the treasure of Sierra Madre. Right, right, with um, Bogart. And- so it's treasure of Sierra Madre. My son's never even heard of that, but he thought that line 
was hilarious and the delivery. And so it, it's it's a movie that I can't believe has aged as well as it has. And so it's really worth it. It's like, you know, it's going to be one of those. It's not a super expensive Blu-ray. Uh, and probably you're going to walk into the store and go, but if you have kids and it's really cleaner than a lot of PG-13 stuff, it's not that harmful. It's even Victoria Jackson, back when we thought Victoria Jackson might be sane and funny. Um, you know, it, 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 it's... Yeah. Um, you know, I, you're you're talking about uh, musical parody and how it how it it's that much better if you know the song, but if you don't, a good one will still get you. And I was thinking, um, the guy who does our theme song, Luke Ski, yeah, is having a sale right now on his his parodies. Oh, what a where, great! Where you can go go to lukeski.com, L-U-K-E-S-K-I.com, and go and he's got some amazing sales going on. Our our theme music, Fanboy, is a parody of Kid Rock's Cowboy, and, and here's and my a lot of people never heard no, of it. No, uh, I've never. I know. I think that we have been doing the podcast. Well, you know, when we started, you were not producing, so we didn't get the theme song until about the first. You know, after the, like the first the year of the fourth. podcast, um, the for, uh, first year that I think we had had that theme song for about two years before I ever heard Kid Rock's Cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, honestly, Serious? the person who pointed out to me... You're a high school teacher back then. I don't know if... Um, I don't think I had started teaching high school. Maybe, maybe, but they didn't know. It was a girls' school. I was teaching freshmen, yeah. you know. Um, I think it was Keith Champagne who pointed out to me that it was Kid Rock, and I went, what? And I think it was like he was a guest on the show, and he went, I love it. You got that Kid Rock theme? So I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> So, what are you saying? But again, the, the I mean, you the lyrics in the song are great, and they're all fanish references and stuff. So uh, if you if you like our theme song, go buy it off of Luke's key. Yes, uh, and by the way, so this is a tie-in, and I have another place. Another great gift would be because we're in a resurgence of Howard the Duck. It's news I want to mention. So as mentioned, uh, the baker in Into the Woods mm, with Chip yeah. Sign was Howard the Duck in the movie. Oh yeah, and uh, and he says in the program he says yes, and yes. He was Howard the Duck in the infamous film, uh, but uh, but you know that's a very cheap DVD right now, and I want to say that it's that uh, it's that holds research. up surprisingly well. I watched that fairly recently. I, I want to get a copy so my son can watch it. And the other thing is, you know, Marvel just announced that he will be getting an ongoing series by Chip Zdarsky, and uh, is is it uh, Joe Casada doing the art on the first one? Uh, first issue starting in January, and and they just re-released the How the Duck Omnibus, so you can go back in and, and uh, pick up why if you have not seen Howard the Duck, who was also in the Lego Marvel Superheroes game, if you've not seen the movie and you, or you have seen the movie, on why do people love that? Joe Canonis, not Joe. Joe Canonis. You know what I saw? A headline that said Joe Q. Joe Q. And I'm like, there is only one Joe Q for me, and it's Casada. Um, uh, okay, joking on us. Either way, it, it, it looks it looks nice. We'll see if he gets to take his pants off. It sounds weird, but it does. but now that Disney owns him, you know, he had to put a pants now on. Now that now that Disney owns you, pants off time. That's right. Isn't that weird? You know that in is it Finland? Uh, Nate, have you seen this headline? There, there's a children's playground that had to take Winnie the Pooh out because a city council no member pants. complained. That Winnie oh, the Pooh had no pants. Right. Well, let's take all the bears out of the zoo then, too. Uh, sh- oh, Winnie the Pooh isn't a bear. He's a friend. <laughs> he's a companion. He's a silly. I think you you should go with bear rather than companion. Nate, he's a silly old bear. <laughs> it's very specific. He's a silly old bear. 
Um, oh, Nate, do you have but, any videos to take it, us out of but this? But it is crazy. It's like, you know, there's this thing about, you know, this old censorship started in the middle right, of the gift guide. Right. Where how Tweety, in his first appearance, and Tweety is a he, which yeah. is weird to people too, was pink. But then a censor complained that that bird looks naked. So they had to color Tweety yellow. <laughs> And then they say, and then I, I believe it's in in the first documentary uh, about Termite Terrace. I, I can't, it was Robert McKimson or uh, Tex Avery who said nobody ever noticed that Porky never wore pants. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and Porky's the really fleshy. And, and if legs. you've ever seen a pig's phallus, good lord. <laughs> Nate, do you have any videos? <laughs> on that I certainly one. do. On a, speaking of pig's phalluses. Uh, I second Batman 66, seasons one through three. I was walking through Target yesterday and I saw season one by itself. Oh, I didn't know. I, they, of course they're selling them individually. It didn't yeah. occur yeah. to me. Why would you want to buy it that way? Exactly. I held it in my hand and thought, why would anybody do this? When you can do this. Exactly. Yes. And then uh, I also have to second UHF 25th Anniversary Edition Blu-ray. Sorry to steal it from you, but I... It's uh, okay. I couldn't find the other Weird Al Blu-ray because I couldn't remember what it was called. And I know it has Eat in the title. Oh. But it's not like... Is his, t- is his kid show on, on DVD or Blu-ray? Because he had one uh, season, I think. There is, it is on videos. DVD, I think. I looked it up. So let's see. Weird Al. I'm on uh, the, what's it called? The Amazon machine. The internet? Complete Al. Here it is. The Complete Al. C-O-M-P-L-E-A-T. A-T, of course. Yeah, so that's right. That's this is the, uh, it's kind of like a movie, whatever you want to call it, docu- mockumentary where he goes to the Japanese um, hotel and they're like the cubby holes where people sleep. Yes. Yeah. I remember seeing this when I was, I must have been in fourth or fifth grade because the uh, photo drive up was still on Coozer and Blossom Hill. Ah, yes. <laughs> and you could rent beta and you could rent VHS. And we had VHS, so I, I got the complete owl. And I was like, this is amazing. Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for. Wait a minute. Any let's, other videos? Let's blow yes. the dust off this show. Okay. Yes. So the complete Al is one of them. Yes. The other is Pee Wee's Playhouse on Blu-ray. I forgot that wow. was there. Yes, yeah. that would be Which on my list. Is there commentary is, on that? Because if there isn't, that's a missed opportunity. One whole episode is just ah. <laughs> <laughs> Does it, does it say on uh, on Amazon what the details are? Sometimes. I don't Let's know. See. Although I I've seen know. some, I've seen some people who rip into a in, into a video when they say there was absolutely no commentary on this, and then you look at it and go, it doesn't say there's any commentary on this. Would you know? Yeah, but as I can, as I uh, said before, Pee Wee was on Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon or something. Yeah. And they took the original film that they shot it on, and that's where they got the Blu-ray. Well, that's you know, so. when people don't, you know, again, let's just comment for those who have not, uh, were not into that show the first time around, and Lord knows I was. But but think of the people that one you have uh, you have Phil Hartman in a regular 
role before Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Uh, brilliant stuff. Larry Fishburne, Lawrence Fishburne now. I believe he's Sir Lawrence Fishburne, Fishburne mm-hmm. now. Larry Fishburne. Cowboy Curtis. Cowboy Curtis. With his Jerry Curl. Yeah, and uh, William Marshall is the king of cartoons. That was Blackula, was the king of cartoons on that show. So, I, oh, I did not know that. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, and I'm I, now I'm going to go onto the interweb right now, and, and I'm t- uh, here it is. They have over four hours of brand new interviews with cast and crew, never seen behind the scenes footage. Okay, featurettes include interviews with Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, S. Epatha Merkerson, Reba the Male Lady. Yes. That's Lynn she was Marie on Law and Stewart. Order for a long time. Lynn Marie Stewart is Missy Vaughn. John Paragon, John B. the Genie. Uh, Mark Mothersbaugh and Danny Elfman explain the music, music of the show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Gary Panter, Wayne White, and Rick Heitzman explain how the sets and puppets were imagined and produced. Animation supervisor of all five seasons, Prudence Fenton from Liquid Television, talks about all the types of animation used. Um, animators Peter Lord and David Sproxton from Wallace and Gromit discuss their contributions. They did the Penny thing, didn't they? Yeah, Penny. I, uh... Uh, two of the show's writers talk about scripts. Other cast and crew explain in fascinating detail... Stories of from the production of Pee-wee's Playhouse. If there weren't enough, many of the show's puppeteers and voice artists are interviewed about how the puppet characters were brought to life. Okay. I actually, though obviously I failed because it would have changed my entire life, I did interview to be PA on Pee-wee's Playhouse oh my. when I was at college. And the problem was I didn't have a car of my own. Uh, so I, you know, I would have been in, in a, my job would have been to track down the cartoons for King of the Cartoons. That would have been cool. Uh, yeah. It would have changed everything. I wouldn't be sitting at this. T- what the hell went wrong with my life? Okay, anyway, it's a wonderful life, Derek. <laughs> okay, I'll go. I'll do my video. I can't believe you guys didn't pick up on these. Well, maybe I have one more. Okay, <laughs> let's find out. <laughs> I have to go back to okay. my wish list. All right. So, my number one is, and it will I be. I do up. have one more. Go. It's not a television show, though. Go. Are we? Is it okay? That it's yes. a DV, that's a Blu-ray. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. That was my I, number one. I was gonna put that. I'm just because now I'm adding things to my wish list. Or like, you know, I haven't put that on yet. Oh, I've got to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy is available. Uh, 3D Blu-ray. It's a one pack of 3D Blu-ray, Blu-ray and digital copy. I uh, think uh, like the first week in December it comes out. And then my number two is Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 1. Yes, I would like, thank you to remind me. I'm putting that on my uh, wish list right now. And then my last one, I wanted to throw something in there animated. And so I looked back over the the recent DCU um, adaptations. And the one I think I enjoyed the most was Son of Batman. I found that that was a resurgence for me. Yeah, I, I thought that was a really, really good adaptation of a tricky subject and uh, and well done. So there you have it. Those are my videos. All right. So the next next one I had was video games. Go. Yes. I only have one video game. Go. Lego Batman 3. Aha. I did indeed purchase that. It is fun. Derek, did you have any? Um, you know, I want to say because I want to straighten something out. I was trying to figure out because of a confusing way. So, I, so if you haven't picked up um, 
I'll go with this is Luke's wish list, so I'll say this right. You know, Disney Infinity 2.0, which you know we already got, and, and we've already got. So we got the Marvel version there, um, and, and and Disney released a separate toy box edition with right. Merida and Stitch and yes. two little game discs. So I had to confirm today. Uh, so nobody tell my son, but I was talking to his mother today. We were uh, uh, trying to figure out, like, divide up, you know, who's getting what in the video. You realize game. I'm going to call Luke right after the podcast. You son of a gun! Um, <laughs> you have to play words with friends with him. That's the uh, okay. Anyway, um, that um, anyway, my concern had been the toy box was essentially it was not as to me like with the not as fun version. For, for people that just wanted to play in the toy box. So right. I, I had to do some research tonight and confirm that if you already have the Marvel Super Heroes Edition, don't buy the toy box set. Because you can don't get, buy which toy box set? It's there's a there's a starter set that's Merida and Stitch together okay. with a portal and with two discs. So Luke's concern had been that the two game discs that came because you if you played Marvel Super Heroes, you got the escape from uh Kiln and there's an Asgard game too. Right. Um, so it turns out that there's a there's a Stitch game and a Merida game that are on the little game discs. Right. That come with that set. And I but then I also saw that Stitch and Merida were sold separately as figures. So I was so Luke's concern was well but I but what about those game discs? What about the discs? In January all four of those discs, the two Marvel discs and the two Toy Bot oh. and the two and the Merida and Stitch one will be sold separately. Interesting. So if you can wait, and I suspect, look, if you've got, if you're getting the Infinities, this is more one gift guide and and consumer advice. If you're going to get the Infinity for Christmas, believe me, there's going to be so much fun going yeah, on. Don't don't go crazy don't, collecting everything don't, at once. Don't, don't you, you just don't because it's all still sitting around from 1.0. Yep. And I learned that lesson <laughs> from 1.0. Yep. That you know now it's all on sale. You can get you, you can wait, and it'll be twenty dollars for two. So you'll get the Merida and Stitch one for twenty bucks. And really, I don't know if this will come up live, but you know there's like a Black Friday thing where I think it's Toys R Us is doing three for thirty three. So I think figures, those are the standard figures. The yeah. standard figures. So that's been going on for a little while. So you can get Merida and Stitch separately for eleven bucks a piece. Yeah. So that's twenty two dollars. Then you buy the disc for twenty. It's forty two dollars as opposed to sixty dollars for the toy box. You just have to wait a little yeah. a while. But really, you can take time. I agree with Nate. Lego Batman Three is a heck of a fun game. Opening with the entire with the different core, the new Guardians uh, taking on Brainiac. Seeing them in Lego, see, I want a Lego Larflees so badly <laughs> uh, as a result of that game. But uh, the uh, other things there, of course, that there's the Skylanders Trap Trap Force is a really cool innovation to the series, and so that's fun. And you know, and we uh, Nintendo is starting up with Mebos or something. Yeah, Do you figure, I we talked about that a little yeah, bit when so, the first so got Luke announced. So Luke was noticing that, but then what has already been sold out this week. Uh, but I think was a cool idea was you, the the new version for Wii U of Super Smash Brothers. So I right. don't know if it's any which works with the Amiibo figures. Ah, but even even cooler for twenty bucks a separate thing. They had an adapter so you could use the old Nintendo sixty four controller with the Wii U. First time that's been a which is the way that Super Smash Brothers first came out. Interesting. So mm. a yeah. lot of nostalgic gamers, those that the the interface apparently Actually the original Wii did that too. You could use the uh 
the old controllers. You, yeah, but you didn't need an adapter. This ah, is the first, the Wii right. been out for over a year, and this is the first time they've offered an adapter. Interesting. So, uh, you know, if you, and there are a lot of people doing this. Is the nostalgia gaming? People wanting oh, yeah. to play it the old way, yeah. and so uh, so recommend that. Uh, you may go. So I I also had uh, the Disney Infinity Marvel Superheroes 2.0 edition. Uh, I I only just recently started playing it. Uh, I'd had it. I bought it when it came out. I just hadn't had the time. I broke it open. I mean, either a lot of fun. I mean, the the um, I want to get back into it. Maybe yeah. tomorrow night I'll. Uh, I played uh, Iron Man, Thor, and a little bit of Spider Man. And the actually what happened this week was Target came out with a case for discs, a Target case for forty discs, which comes with five discs that I believe are Target exclusive. Hmm. So that's uh, that's a thing to look for. Um, the other two uh, video games that I wanted can to... Can we wrap this up so I can get to Target? <laughs> oh, then they're open until 11. It's okay. Uh, and the one near us does have it. Uh, Doesn't dr- have it? Does have it. Oh, good. good. Uh, Dragon Age Inquisition, which is uh, the latest installment of the Dragon Age series, which uh, finally has... Uh, I'm... I'm this is one of the other things that I haven't haven't actually vetted myself, but it's getting such good buzz um, that this this is a, a well worn series and uh, looks looks really cool. Uh, and then the one that I have is for Xbox One. If you have an Xbox One, you haven't and you haven't had any previous Xbox experience. You haven't been able to play the Master Chief Saga until now. They've come out with Halo: The Master Chief Collection, which is the first four. Halo Master Chief stories. And I say stories because these are probably the best, in my experience, the best um, storylines for a video game that I've ever been exposed to. And it's really kind of sad because these were originally done by a company called Bungie that got bought by Microsoft when the Xbox was coming out. And so they they did these all under contract to Microsoft. And then they went off to do Destiny, on their own and destiny has no story at all whatsoever mm-hmm. um there is one caveat here on the halo master chief collection i'm recommending this on basis on based on the for the price of one game you get four awesome awesome games the multiplayer is apparently still having trouble with their servers it will no doubt get fi- get fixed right now um but i think that at four games for the price of one of this quality, it's an amazing buy. For you. So if you have an Xbox One, you should have this this game. If I may add one other, because uh, Nate is so, uh, by, by forcing me into Amazon, he didn't do it on purpose, but I'm, I'm here going, ooh, I want this. <laughs> I forgot to mention that, of course, what just came out this week um, was the uh, Monty Python Live 1 Down, 5 to Go final performance right uh they've done at the o2 uh coliseum arena in in london uh so that is now available on blu-ray and if cool. you, you want to catch these guys on their last hurrah uh and i only say that because really john cleese is saying oh like i don't worry about what you know so he's like what do you see where you see your career in like five years he goes i'll be dead uh <laughs> so <laughs> like if i'm lucky so i like okay if you believe that sir uh, but, uh, so I want to throw that in there because I think that would be, uh, that's gotta be a great, 
a great last last hurrah. So um, I have tabletop games as a as I only got three. I can go through them really quick. Go ahead, go I suspect ahead. I'm the only one who did this. Uh, the first one is Upper Decks Legendary, the Marvel deck building game uh, for Marvel fans who want to play uh, want to play a tabletop game with their friends. This is a it's a deck building game, which is a mechanic still relatively fresh, although it's been a lot of games have come out with this mechanic where you pass where you buy cards and then you can play them later during the course of the game. Um, really good, solid game. Castles of Mad King Ludwig just came out, and I was a play tester for this game. And uh, this is a terrific family game where each individual is is building their own castle in front of them. Um, buying parts from a pool of parts in the center of the table and trying to make the the best best castle on the table and it's a it's a tile laying game um, with some planning ahead of where you're going to put stuff but it's very easy to play very clear and a ton of fun and beautiful game. Um, I'll be right back. And then the last one is a game called Pandemic: The Cure. Which you've probably heard of the game Pandemic, not uh, on this very podcast. And the, that game is—it's a co- that's a cooperative game where you are um, trying to—you're all members of uh, of the World Health Organization, tracking the globe, trying to put down virus outbreaks, and you either all win together or all lose together. In Pandemic: The Cure, it's the same thing, only it's a faster play dice game where you're. So it's a lot of stuff is simplified. You can play it in a lot shorter period of time, and uh, I recommend it highly. Excellent. So, Excellent. I'd Always interesting to to hear. I don't know that I have any tabletop games of uh, things that I have purchased in the last year. It's an old game, but my gosh, it is fun. Is Pooh. Uh, Pooh. Have you played Pooh? <laughs> no, I haven't played Pooh. Ne- Some night I'll have to okay, bring we'll the have deck to play over. Pooh. Uh, you you don't no. It, 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 I think I've seen it. It makes Luke giggle, and you know what? I, it, it, the times when you can make your you, you have a you have a short window. Yes. When it's okay for your son to be giggling at the things you do. Yes. Uh, we've had a together. Lot, we've yeah. we've had a lot of dumb movie things we saw. We had a Dumb and Dumber. We can have a marathon last weekend. You know, um, but Pooh is a game in which uh, it's like ten dollars, and and you it's a uh, deck of cards. It's right. a deck of yeah. cards, and you're all monkeys in a cage, and each card is the amount of poo that you fling at each other, and the player, yes. the first player to get fifteen pieces of poo flung at him, is eliminated. But but it, the artwork and the descriptions of of how of how you're doing it, like there's. The screaming memes, which is like five because you've just got too much poo, right? Uh, there's a Planet of the Apes, there's a Damn Dirty Apes, and there are cards in which you can you can bathe and get rid of some, and mm-hmm. and, and then there's the old man poo, uh, which is just like it's really just a fart, and and it's just it's giggly, but you've also got to think, and there's strategy, but you're giggling because it's poo, poo. and your monkeys, your monkeys and your in a cage, poo. it's hilarious. So um, the women in my family do not find it I'm, nearly as amusing no. as my son and I. You should have, have the three stooges playing in the background know, while yeah, you play. My, my brother, my son, and I all played it on our family yeah. vacation this summer. We had fun. My daughter was on in the corner going, "Ah, oh, I cannot believe this." So uh, anyway, uh, that would be a game I recommend, uh, as well as I think Super Fights. If if Cards Against Humanity is too, I ordered it. Is too cruel, you know. It, 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 
it's dark. That's for adults, you know, or or teenagers. My my daughter's gone to a party and played it and gone like, you know, it's a good high school game. But if if but but having the arguments over would that power beat that power is hilarious. So super fights, I I'm I'm totally recommending too. Any games for you, Nate, that are not video games? No, there are not, and I have to go. You have to leave. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, we're glad we had you for the time we did, Nate. And uh, you give that that child a hug. Uh, Will do. Uh, yes. I look forward to uh, visiting her when she's older. Uh, <laughs> Bye, Nate. Bye. Bye, guys. Use your powers only for good. Thank Never you. forget it. My God, he said it right that time. Yeah, because he was rushed. He's a dad now. Things have changed. Bye. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> okay, I'm glad that he stayed through the uh, <laughs> through the gift guide, and now we can talk. So, about so I've got one one last section, which is toys. This is really oh, quick because yeah, yeah. the toys the toys I recommend are all three uh, from Funko Pop, Marvel, and they're Guardians of the Galaxy Groot figure. Rocket figure, and they they will have the dancing Groot bobble action figure, baby Groot. Well, now it's an interesting. Uh, did you catch the reason uh, James Gunn had to had to answer in an interview why there had not been a dancing baby Groot toy ready? Did you? Did no, you I didn't. They didn't expect it was going to be that big. Uh, no, no. His explanation: he actually said no. Said so do not do it because this is the problem. The lead time on toys. Yeah. Oh, it would was have spoiled meant that the... people would have spoiled it, and so he actually kiboshed it and said, "Don't do it," until uh, you know people are. That's funny though, because I know there were there were Marvel, there were Guardians of the Galaxy figures that already had Groot in a pot. I didn't see those. Yeah, because he's been in a pot in the series. Right, and I think that's the explanation. Is that you could say that, you yeah. Know, but they didn't want to do the. He knew that the dancing group. No, it was. Be, I I have no trouble with that. Uh, no, in fact, I much prefer that. Yeah, because you know what? I remember the days. And it's a good thing that Nate hung up because he doesn't remember them. When when I saw Star Wars, and all you could get was a cheap iron-on decal for your T-shirt, and like the and and the novelization. Yeah. For the first. You know, nine months, ten months, and at Christmas time, you didn't buy. You didn't get the action figures. You bought. You got the promise, promise of, of the action, action figures. figures. <laughs> you got the card. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. There's a great episode of the Toy Hunter where uh, Jordan Hembrough. Yes, I saw that one. Finds two mint copies of it of the card of the card. That's amazing. Uh, so. Um, but actually, speaking of Star Wars, you know, Marvel just announced today that that, I, and I don't know which stores are gonna are gonna offer this, but uh, that in January fourteenth will be um, the return of Star Wars to Marvel. So they're doing all night parties, offering the opportunity to have all night Star Wars celebrations at local comic shops. So I don't know who will participate, hmm. but uh, we should, you know, point, you know, we'll we'll see. And it's a perfect time to put in that our our former patron. Uh, is expanding yet again. Elusive Comics and Games, 275 El Camino Real Suite 104, will not just be there. They're opening a gaming shop exclusively. I have mixed emotions. I'm very happy that they're expanding, but uh, they'll be replacing the tr- the used paperback shop across the street. Oh, that was a good shop. Uh, that too. was a good shop. But then I thought about it and went, as much as I go, oh, 
I can't think of the last time that I actually went in there mm. and bought a book. Mm. I used to live over there, so. Yeah, right. So, I mean, you know, just go there and go to Cinema 150. Uh, but anyway, so they're moving. So they're going to have a game shop across the street from the comic shop still thing, which means that there'll be more toys uh, and, and room for comics in elusive comics and games because now there's, you know, there's space. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess in January they're looking to open a new, a new shop. But the Kickstarter happened and completely funded in a day. So good for them. Very proud. I cannot, unfortunately, remember the name of the shop, of the game shop, but just go into Elusive Comics and Games, and I'm sure that Anna or Steve or Perry will gladly tell you. Um, So let's see. I can't remember if I had any other real comics news this week. Um, No, because the last episode and, you know, that's that's that. But but I did want to talk movies. Uh, In lieu of what's in the bag, I want to say that I read... 19 issues in a row of, Are you okay? of Batman Eternal. This is what created the Flaming Carrot. Uh, no, no, no. I, I actually, I find that that is a book that really, really pays off to read in a spurt. And, and it was, it was I a, read 12 in a row a few weeks ago, and I was glad I did. What a great revisiting of all parts of the Batman world. And mm-hmm. the 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 use of the ancillary bat characters has been really good. It hasn't been throwaway stuff. There's been some real good storytelling and, and fact, real good character uh, development. Scott Snyder, I, I believe, confirmed last week that they are the original plan was was going to run a year, and all these weeklies were going to converge and then end. And Batman Eternal is going to continue because people are just having too much fun. I think partially having that room to put to have one solid continuity with all those ancillary yeah. characters. Yeah. Uh, so, and we should also point out, that and it's two ninety nine, oh, an God issue. Bless them, you know, because really, I'm looking at stuff here, and I'm I'm really I I, I am miffed at the ten dollar thing. I, I'm of course right. I was very happy uh, to to see this comic, um, and I'm looking at stuff and going, I you know, I don't know what I want to give up, but I want to give up because it's just yeah, getting too expensive, too. even for myself, and and I just you know. I, Spent too much this week. When I'm, well, there are plenty of books, trade paperbacks I want to get, and again, as I'm behind. But I, but what I'm looking forward to most tonight. I'm sorry, I've been away on business, so I didn't get to get get to the shop till today. Uh, the Pax Americana, the next multiversity chapter, yeah. which the uh, Charlton characters are given the Watchmen treatment, um, which of course everybody gets right. Is that of course Watchmen was because Alan Moore was not given the rights to use the Charlton characters, he created Watchmen. And so Grant Morrison just kind of returns the favor. And I was at this writing workshop, by the way, they talked about, and, and this was my response, uh, that where they had like reading grade levels and saying like, you know, uh, Scientific American, Wall Street Journal, blah, blah, blah. And it says, you, want, you know, sixth grade or below, comics. And I just went, I turned, and I, I shall name no names, no companies, no anything, but I just turned to my boss and said, Really? Let me show you a Grant Morrison book. Let me let me show let's you see. Watchmen. Let's and, let's give this to a sixth grader. <laughs> and so, and I, I think you know, once again, uh, in some parts of the world, is you know, you have to right. fight fight that thing. It's like you know what? There are plenty of comics that you write. They are dumbed down, or they're not. They're written for an appropriate for who they're for. Like uh, by the way, I should say this. So, you know, IDW's Skylanders book right now, really good. And if you've got a gamer who a young gamer you want to get to read, it's kind of, I'll add Skylanders to the gift guide. There's a little uh, ten dollar hardcover of Skylanders one shot, uh, and then they're doing an ongoing series. And I used to be like, oh, 
how can they do you know video uh, comics out of video games? But I thought, okay, Sonic has been going like twenty years, and people are never yeah. are not running out of being thrilled by Sonic the Hedgehog. And Skylanders is a clever enough super team, basically, you know, cute and violent at the same like Pokemon. There's another comic that's never run out, so recommend. But I'm looking forward tonight to reading Pax Americana, and uh, maybe reading the Spider Woman to see what, was it worth all the hullabaloo. But I think mostly we've got some interesting, intriguing stuff to talk about with um, movies this week. You know, uh, and to continue with James Gunn, and I, I'm going to have to look up one director's name because unfortunately I forgot. But James Gunn posted on Facebook Friday night, and I didn't think anything of it. We, I read it. He was just he had on his Facebook posting a thing about how. He was, you know, saying this is this uh, looking for connected universes or franchise universes. He says, you know, I think this is not biting the hand. He says, I'm, Marvel's the exception right now. Um, that every studio is trying to create their major expanded universe. Right. Without doing the most important piece of legwork, which is make a good movie. And see, you know, and I thought about this and he said, you know, because Guardians of the Galaxy, I think people could watch Guardians of the Galaxy and not really realize that it had anything to do. I mean, we all do, but but if you just watch Guardians of the Galaxy. Nothing to do with Marvel. Nothing to do with Marvel. Nothing to do with comics. You know, it, it can stand on its own. Yeah. Um, and his point was that, like Star Wars, you know, I'm sure George Lucas dreamed, well, we know George Lucas dreamed of an empire, of uh, a, a, a commercial empire, but his main focus in making the first Star Wars was Star Wars. And uh, that even Marvel, their first focus was Iron Man. And I kind of have come to believe this, that Kevin Feige, because it took so long to get to Avengers, that the whole thing with Samuel L. Jackson at the end was a throwaway so that... If it had never, if they had never gotten to make another movie, it was an Easter egg for fans to have people go, ooh, yeah, you know, and because then you got the Incredible Hulk, and then Downey showed up there like briefly as it was, you know, an afterthought, and it was just taking so long, and then proof that you know if they've built a if they've built the universe wrong, it doesn't. Iron Man Two is so busy trying to connect a larger universe that it doesn't tell a story. It doesn't tell a story. People, that's the least liked out of all of them. And um, and what comes to comes to mind is what Warner Brothers is doing with the you know with DC characters, but also with Harry Potter because you got the Beast and Universal. We talked about it briefly, but in the last time since we podcast, uh, Universal said something else horrible about the monsters. How they were going to revive the monsters. We knew that was a franchise that were going to be kind of interconnected. Yeah, but they're not going to make them horror. They want to revive the monsters as an interconnected universe like a shared universe like uh like marvel in dc and that's all universal has but you could do that with keeping it horror i mean and argue arguably there were crossovers right but see now i haven't seen it but dracula untold which now they're kind of saying is they may not count even count that one because it was before they had decided that's what they're going to do yeah but dracula untold you know recasts him as very heroic which a lot of authors have sure, done sure over the years saber higgins done that yeah, yeah. they were just the ones that i i loved those books the dracula tapes and yeah. uh, uh, the holmes dracula file and an old friend that's of the, the family. best one i like the holmes dracula file and I, I reread those all, at least three times a piece yeah love those um but uh yeah that if you recast him as good but does the monster to be does the mummy like i was thinking about this you know, the mummy, as as silly as the franchise got with Brendan Fraser, that first movie 
popped for me by giving a very clear hero and i've never actually watched the original boris karloff and i have it and i should yeah. watch it but um that it's it's a very you know a lot of people moving in and out of rooms and stuff it's a very talky no but i liked the the revival in, yeah. the, in the 90s and i thought it was fun um and a good way to create the mummy is a very imhotep is a very ca- mm-hmm. clear character but giving him a clear antagonist and that's what drag i mean that's what marvel did with dracula in the 70s as a comic yeah you know make sure there's a very clear antagonist who's gonna, gonna keep who went going. up against strong counter yeah. but still let dracula be a villain until such times as he's forced into doing something the for right the good of humanity yeah right you know i and i'm fine with that but there but this crossover Look, it's been done in the '60s. I think it was Harvey Comics did. Uh, was it Harvey that did this, the uh, the monsters as superheroes? There's a Frankenstein. There's a Dracula. There's a wolf. A wolf I can man. only think of Frankenstein Junior, which was no, 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 no. no. There was a comic book line. Frankenstein Junior okay. was Hanna Barbera, the giant robot. Fun, fun show. Oh, are we talking about? Yeah, there was a. I think it was Harvey did a, did a Frankenstein series. Where they were trying to make him more heroic, there was, and there's a drag, and there's a Dracula, and they are, they are just, like triangular head. They are straight up superheroes. Oh, they are okay. straight oh, they up are. superheroes. Not... So it's a line you don't know. Yes, there's a funny Frankenstein series right. from the 40s and 50s, um, where his nose is like really yeah. up high. Um, yeah, no. It, it, so it, you know, it, it's been done. It didn't last very long, even in the 60s when that was uh, that that was a craze. Um, they have to go back and look and see why these movies have, have stood the test of time. And I think part of it is the, every one of those, the, all the Frankenstein, all the Dracula, all the, the, the even Creature from the Black Lagoon, they told good stories that, were, that had, had development through them. And they, they, um, for the time, they were probably aren't, they don't hold up as much today because we have an audience that expects things to move but, faster. But here's the reality. They didn't make those expecting that they were going to launch a franchise. No, no, not at all. They were movies embraced. And I'm thinking about this as like, you know what, to give an example of Dumb and Dumber, a bad franchise. You know, there's a franchise because there are three movies. Somebody was arguing with me about There was a second one. This is the third one. I'm like, yeah, nobody counts that second one. But the idea that... You know, it was just sort of like the regard for the movie kept building up for some strange reason. It's a silly movie, you know. And then they made a Drum and Dumber too. I don't know how it did at the box office, but it was fine. You know, it was actually because somebody asked me afterwards, like, how was it? Going, the title alone was Dumb and Dumber, and there's a guy next to me, like, making fun of how dumb they are. I'm like, what did you pay exactly. your eight bucks or whatever? you know? We went to matinee. To what did you think you were getting yes, into? Exactly. You know? And yet, actually, Dumb and Dumber respected its own continuity. Uh, and I can't well, that's, believe it. That's what I was going to say about the Universal stuff. Because the Universal stuff, they never blinked in respecting the the um, the story of any one of these characters. Right. And even when – and the most extreme acid test of that is when they did Frankenstein – Abbott and Costello meet, meet Frankenstein. Frankenstein. All the monsters are done straight. They are yeah. not slapsticky at all. Mm-hmm. You have you have Abbott and Costello basically ducking their way out of encounters with them, but the monsters are the monsters from those movies. So, do you know the Star Trek connection? No. Do you remember the Star Trek connection? No. I think we may have talked about it. the uh, The actor playing the monster in Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein is Glenn Strange, who in the original series played Zephram Cochran. Oh my! Yeah. 
So okay, interesting tie yeah. in there. Uh, and I do have Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein on the Blue original Ray. Zephyrin Cochran with the, not, the, yes, the alien the, girlfriend, with the companion. Yeah, yes, not uh, not James yeah. Cromwell in First Contact, which is also good. Rockin', yeah, Rockin' Cochran. What you know? I mean, there you go. Like that's my problem. I this is before J.J. Abrams got a hold of the franchise. Star Trek respected its continuity less than <laughs> than some of these things did. Yeah. Um, it, it still took me off. My only justification is, oh, he got young again because Companion made him young. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and then he, and Gave he got him a haircut. And he got a little more conservative. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but speaking, I, I'm going to give Warner, uh, by the way, a film bonus this week uh, that they, they said they committed and have said that, um, Speaking of their franchise, by the way, the prequel script to Harry Potter, The Fantastic Beasts, and Where to Find Them, has been turned in officially to Warner, so production is going to happen soon. But the bigger news, and I think really important news this week, truthfully, uh, a a woman named Michelle McLaren, who has directed episodes of Game of Thrones, uh, and wait, I want to add in, there was another one, another series where I was like, no, this woman knows how, how, how to shoot. Uh, with The Walking Dead and Breaking Bad wow. has been tapped to be the director of Wonder Woman. Thus, the first uh, solo superhero, female superhero film will be directed be the By first a time an, a, a woman has been able to helm one of these franchises. And I say, damn it, high time. Yeah. Uh, not just, just for a, a female superhero, but like, really? I mean, I thought after The Hurt Locker, you could have put Kathy... After Near Dark in the 80s, you could have put Catherine Bigelow in charge of a superhero movie, and that would have rocked. I mean, I'm sure there's more, yeah. but that's one that I know. It's like I go, and you just know, Catherine Bigelow, I will watch any movie that woman directs. And, you know, so uh, so I think this is really cool that, uh, that that's happened. So I hope she's very successful and it oh, proves, proves the way for more. Because, you know, it's not about – there are there are a few directors who are really uh, – it's, it's not. It's still not about gender. Even my de- defense of a director is not tour. It's like they just have a point of view, and there are so many, and it, and it has nothing to do with, uh, with race or gender or anything. It's just they're talented people. So give them a shot. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. But uh, and uh, it's, it's, uh, let's see what else did I mentioned here. Oh, and that Emily Blunt uh, has was told recently she was not aware of Captain Marvel being movie. So, but she's been in interviews now saying. Well, they haven't called me, but they're welcome to, because uh-huh. uh, they need. She had been in the running. She had been forced to drop out of Iron Man two. She was the original Black Widow, uh, oh. but she got pregnant. Interesting. <laughs> and ironically, no. uh, you know, <laughs> Scarlett Johansson got pregnant during the filming of Age of Ultron, which I saw a trailer for. I went to see Interstellar and so saw the trailer for Age of Ultron on IMAX. Yeah, it's so much better than watching it on my computer screen. <laughs> Go figure. But it was like oh, that is. On a big screen, uh, so uh, she wants to be Captain Marvel. Yeah, I can see it. I mean, there's a lot of actors I can see being Captain Marvel. Well, we said before. Right now, you know, any number of actors want to get a superhero franchise oh, under their yeah. belt so, too. Totally, so. totally. Uh, and then Oscar Isaac, uh, who is currently the one of the rumored to be one of the villains of Star Wars Episode Seven, uh, is has been cast as Apocalypse in X-Men Age of... Uh, Where would Age I know Marvel's. him from? Uh, you would know him from... Well, we saw him together in the dark in Sucker Punch. He was the villain in Sucker Punch. Uh, oh. And he was in Inside uh, Oscar Llewellyn? Or what is that? The the, the 
Yeah, it was a movie last year uh, about a folk singer he played. Um, Didn't see it. Um, and, yeah, I'm trying to think what other. He's a, he's a good good actor, but uh, I'm trying to think. He, he's sort of like, you see, you'll see his look up his photo and you'll go, oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, uh, you know he he's been he's been knocking around movies for a while. Uh, he's a good actor, and it'd be interesting to see him as Apocalypse. Though um, you know he's not nearly tall enough, uh, so we shall see there. And the Jurassic World trailer came out this Yay. week. I didn't get a chance to you watch it. You didn't see it? No. Tell oh me. man, Chris Pratt, who by the way is also playing cowboy Viking, cowboy ninja Viking, uh, and is just about to rule. We should the genre. pause right now, and you should watch no, that no, no, trailer. No. I'll watch it later. Don't oh, break the man. flow. Oh, that's such a. I wanted to say something, and now I'm not going to say no, it. Say it. Say it because I'm I'm one of those people that Star Lord with pet velociraptors. Yeah, it's not a spoiler. Um, oh, yeah, but but uh, when you see the scene, okay, because uh, you know I'm not. It's I, there are people I and I believe our our good friend Jason Salazar is like nuts for Jurassic Park, and I'll tell you I watched the, when I saw the movie and I was like I read the book first and I was like yeah it's not as good as the book so I never quite got as excited about Jurassic Park as many of my friends. I read the be. book first too, and I, I thought I thought they could have done a lot worse. In the first movie, sure, sure, and I, I thought it held together. I, there was there was nothing. It was. Well, I don't think it's a bad movie. It's but like, it's, a, but like, it's but it's not a franchise that I feel particularly like. Oh, okay, I, because I think also after after the Lost World, um, the se- the second one, yeah, it, that it was like oh, now you're pushing it, and the third was pushing it. And then so a fourth to me is like, well, I mean, you know, I'm already seeing people going, it looks like it's the best one in the franchise. Like, that's a trailer's job. People. You know, this this one actually looks, it's almost a soft reboot. I was suspecting that was the only way to go. Yeah. It it, it doesn't, because if you think about the, what, the world after the first three, yeah, no way you could go ahead and do what yeah. they do in the fourth. No way. You'd have you'd have nations attacking that place. Um so yeah, so it, it, you really have to suspend your disbelief to to get through this, but it looks really good. Oh, good. So let's yeah, move on. Move on. Excellent. Um so and of course there will be a Star Wars episode seven trailer this weekend playing before Penguins of Madagascar. Is that verified things. by the studio now? Uh, I've only seen it as re- as rumors from various sites. What has been ver- what has been verified is that only thirty theaters so far okay have it. So uh, I should take that back. I don't know for sure. There's Penguins of Madagascar, except that if I were Disney, a candy move to put it in front <laughs> of a DreamWorks cartoon. Yeah, but but it's also the movie most likely this week to get attention. But yeah. it doesn't matter because really. It is going to be a case of like in 1989 when people were paying money to watch the Batman trailer and then leaving whatever movie they had paid for. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to happen. The However, 90 seconds of Star Wars Episode Seven. I was amused that last weekend someone had released, a, a put up a fake fake one saying this was going to play in front of the Hunger Games. Uh, so the fake one was good. Were you Rickrolled as well? <laughs> so, uh, so. No, I'm... I, I, Wait a minute! I'm thinking about something different. I'm thinking there was a remake. Oh, somebody did. Somebody had done a, a trailer for Empire Strikes Back right. in modern terms. Yeah, it was. No, I had seen on a couple of sites. There yeah, was yeah. One Sorry. That said, there was. This is the new episode seven trailer, and oh, and it came with Rick and, Astley. And it, 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 well, it first it first did. You know, the Star Wars beginning. And I was like, yeah. 
Okay, it's just gonna be like they're just gonna say it and go, "Oh, the Force Awakens," because there were all these comments like going, "Well, that's, that can't be real." It's like it's what a rip off, yeah. uh, and no one revealed it. And then it was, you know, and then it went to never get again. And I was like, oh, "Okay, that's the first time I've ever been Rickrolled." Brilliant. Okay, you know, but um, yeah. On, on that note, though, I have to recommend a video that I only I came across today. Uh, it's from. Um, uh, the name of the name of the group is uh, Superpower Beatdown, where okay. they where they put together films of su- one hero versus another. Batman, Batman versus, versus Darth, Darth Vader. Vader. I have that right here on uh, Bleeding Cool. So yes, so good, so absolutely good. The quality, the backgrounds, the sets, the decoration, the the costumes, everything about this is great. The guy who's playing Batman is wonderful. The Darth Vader character is great, and. Um, I want a whole movie <laughs> of this now. It's not going to happen. You named one of the few crossovers that can never happen. Uh, Disney owns one. Warner owns the I know, other. I know. Sorry. But when you watch it, you're going to, you'll, you'll, uh, it's, it blew me away. So superpower beat down Batman v okay. Darth Vader. Now I want to get serious for a moment because, okay. uh, because the story's gotten out of control. Clearly being headline wrong. Um, it was announced this week that NBC has uh, ceased production on Constantine. And everybody is taking that as... It's been canceled. It's been canceled, and it's not. It says they've got 13 episodes. It was literally, because it started so late in the year, October 24th, I believe, was the first episode. It started so late. Mm-hmm. It it was too late for them to make a decision to do a full season. So they are not canceling it. They are still believing uh, that they may renew it and follow what I consider the Sleepy Hollow model or the Hannibal model. They're doing the same thing with an NBC series of 13 episodes of each season being short, just like Doctor Who, for gosh sakes, or Sherlock. Oh, much shorter, actually. I mean... Well, Doctor Who this year was 13 episodes. Well, I mean, Sherlock is... Sherlock is is three. three, But they're two-hour movies, right? So executive producer Daniel Cerrone um, uh, has said, you know, Constantine will survive... The ratings have actually been increasing and been holding on to more of its, of its lead. And I just don't want the news that they've ceased production to make people think, oh, it's, there's no point in watching. No, there's every point in watching. If you like the show, keep watching yeah. it because there will be a second season as long as people are watching. Exactly. It's, it was just too late in their production schedule to lay out the money. So I'm, I'm fine with it. I want to get to see the Spectre. I want it to happen. It's going to happen. Is it going to happen? Uh, they, they've, cast, they've, said, they've cast Jim okay. Corrigan. And there was an interview with the actor who said, yeah, I, you know, they, they've told me I'm going to get to be the Spectre eventually. We just don't know, you know, how far do you want to, you know, spool that out. Did you like the Spectre characterization in Batman Eternal? I haven't gotten there yet. Oh, you haven't? Okay. So, um, but, I mean, if you're watching Constantine, he is essentially working out of the Salem Tower of Dr. Fate. And the helmet's in there. And, um, you know, so it's a mishmash of DC supernatural continuity, but I want it to happen. You know, flip side, oh my God, next week is going to be so tough if you are uh, a superhero fan. Um, Next Tuesday, I'm I'm so upset to see this, but um, it's the Flash and Green Arrow, and and Arrow, sorry, crossover, uh, the first one, but it goes up against the Toy Story that time forgot. My God. So it's like ABC just counter-programmed brilliantly. 
Uh, but it's like, no, don't, don't, don't make us choose between a... Well, yeah. You know, of course, I know that's their job. But uh, so, And then there's DVR and On Demand now, too. So Well, I mean, you know, I'm thinking about that. And I think all the networks have to change their model. They they really do. Because here, like, I'm three episodes behind in Constantine. Mm-hmm. And, or two episodes. I'm sorry. I've seen, I'm I've seen four three. Behind. I've seen three. Um, and, it, and it got better. Um, and... And so, you know, I'm like that. But the reality is I'm two episodes behind on Flash. And I was at a... At that a, I'm caught up on. I'm at a work conference and, well, two episodes if you count, I think tonight was a new episode. Okay. And uh, so I didn't get to see last week's, but I managed to watch on Hulu in, in my hotel room um, S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, so I was okay. caught up to S.H.I.E.L.D. up to this point. And S.H.I.E.L.D.'s so, taking a week off right now. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Uh, <laughs> next week is going to be the re, you know big reveal. But I mean, that's the thing is, I'm a dedicated fan. I don't have time as to you can't watch. schedule yourself to their time. No. So I mean, they really have to re, re, rethink how they're considering something a hit because people really are more and more watching completely completely separated out. I but I'm looking forward. To say the Flash Arrow crossover because also uh, Greg Berlanti, the, uh, ex- the creator of those shows and showrunners, uh, showrunner has said, "Oh, maybe we should be um, opening up more metas on Arrow as well." Is it is it crossing over one episode in one slot, one another? Uh, so the the Arrow one is going to. I, I think that it's actually if you're not watching both shows, um, that the story will be um, separate enough. There's a problem in Central City. Arrow and Flash take care of that, and then the next night on Arrow, the Flash will take care of a pro- will in Keystone help in in, in uh, Star Star uh, Starling City. Okay. Yeah the uh, the Flash is in Central City, and uh, Arrow takes place in Starling City. They don't call it Star City. They okay. call it Starling City. But interestingly, Entertainment Weekly came out this week. Uh, at least my subscription came in today, and there was an interview with Greg Berlanti. And he's who's producing the Supergirl series, which is supposed to be on CBS. But he uh, said that he actually has plans for that to cross over with Arrow and Flash. And huh, it's not cool. as far fetched as you think, because UPN and CBS were sister networks. Yeah, and UPN, you know, is 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 there with the CW. So um, that is that's pretty interesting. Uh, how caught up are you on Gotham? Uh, no, I didn't get to see last week's episode. Last so, week's so episode was the, the best yet. So I didn't get to see the Two-Face, but I know that's what it was. No. So. Did they interview Harvey Dent? Har- Harvey Dent's been on it for Harvey a while. Dent? No, he hasn't. He's, he's been on at least for two episodes. Well, that's because today's Tuesday. You watched last night. Yeah. Yeah, so I didn't watch last week's and this week's. So oh, I see, I see, I see. So I am indeed... Two weeks. You're yes. two weeks behind. He has been on for two episodes that I have not seen. So he still isn't Two-Face. He's still just Harvey Well, Dent. God, he should not be Two-Face I, I, yet. I, I agree. <laughs> um, and he's a young guy, too, which is appropriate. Yes. Um, not as young as Bruce and Selena, but it's a Bruce and Selena episode, and it's really good. All right. I'm, well, of course, and this is it. there's another one. I'm looking forward to all that. It's just too many to watch. The actress who, play, who plays, I don't know her name, who plays Selena Kyle? is amazing she is good she is good i she every scene she's in just lights up and whether she's with gordon or with bullock or with bruce she has the right attitude i just i it's one of those 
the problem with with it for me is just that I, do, I, I don't want to see the adventures of young Selena becoming the seductress and the you know I because I, I, she's thirteen yeah you know so I, eh. And, well, the, the, you know, the, it's, and it still is by by season two. It still feels like they're rushing by season two. He's going to have to become Batman at the age of thirteen <laughs> <laughs> because all his villains will be in place. It's time for Hero to arrive. I think Short Batman. This episode, I think, might turn you around on that because <laughs> I'm the, Batman. No, no, no. no the, the, just the the fact that they can do good, exciting episodes without him being Batman. No, no, no. I know and, that they can. I'm just saying with twenty. Three episodes a season. Yeah, um, it's an awful lot to do, and keep stretching it out. Well, you know? Gordon, uh, they're going deep on a Gordon story after I'm this. It's, it's... Well, see again, and I have a problem. I think I said it a couple weeks ago. My problem, what I've caught up is, I'm enjoying the show. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I've really warmed up to it, and yet they, it's playing the end so hard. Yeah, and that, and and not if you want to do seven seasons. Life just doesn't. Work. You know, this is, this is, it's a. It's a classic actor mistake in rehearsal, and I can say that directing and acting, um, that like you know where the fate is, mm-hmm. um, and it's just, and it's not that you know good actors don't do this, and but but it, it's on your journey. There's always a moment in a rehearsal where somebody says you're playing the end. Mm. Don't play the end. You, the actor, knows where it's going. You the the, the character, the character doesn't, has no could clue. not know what yeah. their fate is. Yeah, you know, because um, and that goes back to the very beginning you know, of of theater. If Oedipus knew that he was the killer, it wouldn't make you know his claiming that I will punish the killer no matter what. You know, he can't play it. You know, so that's the problem with the show. Is it feels like, like I said when Tommy Elliot was introduced, is like, well, he's going to be a bad guy. Yeah, and and Edward Nigma is already so obsessed with riddles. I would rather see like, what's the moment? Like, could you just slowly devolve into the instead of the first time we see him? Oh, he's already irritating everybody with his mental block that requires him to make a, ask a riddle. Uh, you know, he actually he they used to, you're going to like the next two episodes. Trying, well, like, I might uh, the, not now that you said it. The no, other the other yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other two things I wanted to point out were. The 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 Batman Eternal take on Alfred in the last couple of episodes issues issues um, has been really good with his his daughter there Penny too oh yeah, yeah. and then has he come out of his uh, no, coma I, I'm as far as I'm about okay. three months behind so the, when he comes back into the storyline he is awesome he is like he is British SAS whatever he was um, X you know and yeah. he's that's He's it. fighting the way you expect him to. And then the Alfred that is in Gotham, totally different take on it, but just as as enriched and wonderful and you're believing. Well, I think that I think they borrowed very heavily and why not? You know, they borrowed from Earth Earth One. Um mm. that take on Alfred, yeah. which I but that always makes sense because, you know, it's another one of those things where this is a character who developed when you when you look at Alfred's first <laughs> here comes Alfred story in the forties when he's fat and bumbling and looks like yeah. Alfred Hitchcock maybe laid off one donut. <laughs> uh you know, and 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 is considered ridiculous. And they played up the how he was an actor on the West End, you know, in the old in the music halls. He was a musical actor, so that's so they first kind of introduced the idea of he did disguises, but it was all silly. It was comic relief. Yeah. You know, um, and that much later, this 
World War II background, which of course everything gets moved forward yeah. into whatever whatever else conflict it is. Um, but but that was you know that was retroactive storytelling. So I I'm, I I I like the take now. It makes perfect sense to me. But the, the you know why would that butler take over and and it wouldn't always be be um, comfortable in a smooth transition and. Right. You know, I've enjoyed, that part. I've enjoyed as a, and I know I'm not as far along with you, but in Gotham, that slowly that Alfred realizing that maybe Bruce isn't crazy with some of his right. obsessions, and that he does need help. And you can almost see that I, I don't want to see it for seven years, please. But the moment when Alfred says, "Goes." <sighs> put on the bat suit you know yeah. <laughs> it's like i accept this insanity you know i mean that and and sean pertwee is a great actor showing that um here's one that just came in that i just think you're gonna like on marvel agents of shield um Catherine lee scott is going to that name because she was on one of your favorite shows um she was on dark shadows oh so uh, she's been cast in the mid-season premiere. Um, they don't know what she's playing, but it's it's just great that uh, there she is. Somebody from Dark Shadows is coming into Agents of Shield, um, and uh, uh, let's see. The other other cool thing for us is that HBO has officially announced the casting for True Detective. Uh, so we've got Colin Farrell and Vince Vaughn, which had been known before. Right. Uh, Rachel McAdams, Taylor Kitsch, and an actress, uh, or actor, I don't know, uh, named, uh, Kelly Riley, um, and, and is, uh, is joining the second season. So same, uh, writer and director. That's uh, great. So just a totally different unrelated story. Yeah. So, oh, which reminds me of the best rumor today, and I only report it as rumor. Okay, we knew that we talked about the stand. Today's best rumor. Uh, today's best rumor, because you're going to like it, is, of course, they talked about how the stand is going to be divided up into this is four parts. Into four parts. We're back into movies for a moment, people. Into four movies, which I'm totally uh, totally down with. I don't like your titles. I'm sorry. I like their titles better, only because. They haven't come out with titles. Oh, no, that's right. It was just somebody saying it could be called this. Yeah, it could yeah, be yeah. called that. Um, and I found the old titles from the original four parts. And Oh, that's what you posted, and I like those. I And I think that because the thing is the the problem with the division that one of the tour last title and it was was sort of like um, it, it was. Uh, part, the stand and what came out. Uh, yeah, so it's part four, the stand and the anticlimax uh, for an hour. So uh, that it's it's got to be you, you got to lure the audience in with something other than three movies lead up to here's the stand, and then an hour of hey, what's everybody? It's all epilogue. You can't do it. Well, that's what the story is. I, I know, but that's not what they're going to do. <laughs> that's not good filmmaking. I don't care what Return of the King did. Uh, so anyway, um, that the the rumor, and I think it's cropped up before, and it's true detective related, is that is that they're actively pursuing. Matthew McConaughey to play Randall Flagg. And I suddenly thought that was the greatest casting. I'd like you to go back into the archives, people, and listen like five years ago when, when Juan <laughs> Lopez would like say something about Matthew. Right, right, right. And I would go, you just killed my soul. Don't do it. 
And I have done such a turnaround yeah. on, on McConaughey. True Detective started it, and I have to go back and watch a movie called Mud. People are telling me he's fantastic. In I never it. saw Dallas Buyers Club. I haven't watched that either, and people are telling me he's fantastic in that. But I saw, as I said, I saw Interstellar this weekend. He is so good in that. And I know it's got mixed reactions, and I'm like, yeah. You know, I, but it's too late to really do a review of it, but just say, what a fantastic actor who has completely changed my mind about him. Yeah. And no, I can see him as flag and I, I could see him actually, I'd want him to go a little, uh, at, you know, he lost a lot of weight to play in Dallas Buyers Club. And I'd kind of want him to be kind of that kind of dry. Well, the true detective weight. Um, actually, I like yeah. him a little bit here because the thing is like true detective, when he first walked on, I thought from, I, I, was, I didn't really, he hadn't spoken yet. So, yeah. you know, it was, it was just a long shot. And I went, I thought he was David Tennant. Huh. He was so skinny, yeah. and Tennant is skinny, you know. Um, which is another one TV wise. They're going in for Broad Church season two with Tennant. Yeah, <laughs> like that's got to be like schizophrenic for an actor. I, I know I'm misusing the word, people. Please don't write in over that. Um, but but that he's playing, that he's doing a season two of the British version while doing Grace Point, the American version, and hoping for a season two of that, and he'll be playing. A similar character in both series bouncing back and forth. Um, which they announced they're doing an American version of Luther with Id- Idris Elba yeah. is not going to play Luther. But then there was so much outcry that they said, well, there's going to be a two-episode two Luther miniseries uh, in England so that we will finish that up. You know, uh, that's good. But um, <clears throat> do want to mention that the BBC has announced the name of the Doctor Who Christmas special. This is why Nate had to leave early. Okay. And it is just called... Last Christmas. Uh, so the episode will be Capaldi, Capaldi's first Christmas special. And, of course, people are saying that Coleman is probably leaving the show. But um, that's been the rumor for a while. And, and Jenna Lee Coleman, and she's been saying, well, I mean, if I told you what I, one way or the other, it'd be spoiled. you know. So if I'm continuing, you can't know. And if I'm not continuing, you can't know. So I thought they wrote a perfect ending for... I'll, I, I, I do I, the kind of ending that I'd rather see happen, yeah. which is that um, nobody dies, nobody gets their brain wiped. They just decide that they're going to go their separate ways, and and then she can come back for an episode sure. or two. I'd like to go back. You know, I really would like to see Moffat pick up Martha, uh, mm-hmm. or you know, look in on the I, again. I just feel like I, I just want to see the previous companions occasionally checked in on. Yeah, you know, you know, so except for uh, Rose, um, so and I, because I mean, I think Rose's story really is well and good. And I think over. Rose's story had too many endings. Yeah, yeah, um, and uh, although I like that she came back as Bad Wolf, I thought for the fiftieth yeah. anniversary was good, but you know, I I don't need to see her anymore. But um, yeah. So uh, we look forward to that Christmas episode. And then I assume, let's see what's going on next week, May attempt. Uh, we do know that on December 10th, we are we are actively, uh, we, we are planning to record on December 10th. That's two weeks from, the, from tomorrow night because we I will not announce who, but we are um, actively working on uh, a very special guest. On, on on a very special night uh, for him for, for him or her uh, yes uh, a very special guest for a very special event and if that person comes through I feel very honored that they are willing to come on this show 
to talk on that day. So uh, they, ooh, who could it be? What could it be? Mm-hmm. Is Stay it, tuned. Is it Santa? Maybe. No. <laughs> what? No? Oh, no, it's not Santa. I was looking forward to that. I was really excited. I, I, I almost, you know. Damn I could give one minor clue. Nate was fundamental in setting this up. He's fundamental in setting up a lot of the interviews it's that true. we get. So uh, it's true. Uh, yeah, it, it's good. Uh, very, very, very pleased. I was, I was hoping that, uh, you know, I, I did uh, tweet out something about Constantine and uh, Daniel Cerrone, uh liked it. So I was hoping that uh, I tried to communicate and say, "You want to come in?" But, I, but it would have been too overstepped and yeah like the producer of Constantine is going to come on to the show like a day after they've announced that Constantine is uh you know down to 13 episodes so i mean we may pursue we'll see i'm impressed that uh, he noticed us so um we shall pursue and see um and there are a couple of other guests i'll talk to you do after that i think we could probably line up excellent and be interesting to see and well see if we can and hear them because we don't see them on the show we see each other so little on the show I, these days. I'm not saying that's a good thing, but it is good that we've proven that we can do it all from various points of the globe. Yes. So, uh, And you're listening to us from various points of the globe, and we thank you. And, of course, once again, you can listen to us on iTunes. Please subscribe. Please tell your friends. Please re- give us a rating, a little review. We appreciate that. You can find us on the Stitcher app. <laughs> you can find us, of course, at www.fanboyplanet.com. Your first line of defense on the gift guide, if you heard some about something you really like, try to support your local brick-and-mortar store. Uh, Small Business Saturday, uh, I really, really recommend if you can. And then I still do sort of include Barnes & Noble in that because they're trying really hard to stay alive as a bookstore. Uh, If you can find an independent bookstore, that's amazing too. But, you know, Barnes & Noble's uh, very good. And because I think it was a scientific study, people that read actual physical books – uh, do a little better brain training than than the rest. So amazing, isn't that hmm, hmm. more than a Kindle? That's all I'm saying. Is it's, it's interesting? Something about the tactility, which they've been floating around for a while. Sure. But anyway, if you can't find it at your local shop, then do go to our Amazon links on our page at www.fanboyplanet.com. And if you enjoy this podcast, you want to kick a little Christmas gift over to us uh, and help support uh, the hosting of this podcast and artic- various articles on the site. Please then use the helpful handy-dandy PayPal link. If you've got questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. And uh, we don't, uh, so I try to impersonate him. Uh, until the next time, uh, this is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com. Wait, let me do it. Yeah, And I'm Nate Costa. No, he's not. He's gone. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to... Use your powers only for good. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreat.com. Luke, L-U-K-E-S-K-I, dot com. The power of brains compels you. Okay, I think we got this down.
Nathan. You sound like you have a chorus of angels with you. Yes, hold on. Hello. How's it going, guys? It's going. You didn't ruin the the board? No. <laughs> That's good. So far. What? How did you know? I texted him. I said. I know oh. everything. <laughs> like, what? I spoke it out loud. Uh, you heard, saw me dictating it. I, you were busy drawing it off. The, I'm paying attention to you <laughs> talking to your phone. But you snickered because I went, luckily, Guinness is a dry and chunky beer. <laughs> I didn't know you were talking to your phone. That you're talking to me. I'm not looking at you. I'm trying to make sure we don't go up in the steam here. Test, test. Steam would not be it. It would be out and out smoke. And they will tear you. Electrifier. Testing, testing. Mm. Check out that six-pack. And no, I'm not talking about beer like some of you asked on Twitter. Anyone who knows me and my products knows that I am all about pushing details to the limit and making toys cool as hell. Even if you don't like wrestling, you'll love this statue. I mean, just look at those abs. Is that Todd McFarlane? That is Todd McFarlane on the new Stone Cold Steve Austin resin statue that went on sale yesterday. Nice. Yes, Monday. That's odd. Yeah. Okay, let's see. Let's hear you. <clears throat> All right. You, you need to orient your mic towards I your will. face. I'm adjusting with Bring the screen in. Okay. I need to adjust my seat. I can't help you. I meant the chair. Um, so, yes, I am here and enjoying a swing the delightful... Um, swing the armature yeah, out back wrong. towards me. Just, yeah. yeah, there. And yeah. not quite that far. And then, yeah, you're fine. There you go. All right. Uh, Yes, enjoying delightful creme brulee decaf. How's that tasting? Mm. Not burnt. There's a little essence of it. It's not. That's all I want from a flavored coffee. I want an essence. The full-on thing would be too sugary. Yep. So how'd your, your daughter like basketball? Was that her first game? Uh, no. Second. She yeah, loves right. everything. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, so the, the debate <laughs> here was uh, what element of your fandom in week one of her life has she not yet been exposed to? Baseball. Oh. Yeah, that's going to be a little hard. Because it's over. <laughs> But she's watched wrestling. Uh, you've put yeah. her. You've put her in a shoe. I'll yeah, assume shoe box. Okay, shoe box. She watched any movies? No, I haven't watched a movie yet. So that's a bit. I guess uh, movies and baseball. Okay, I'm, I'm I'm somewhat impressed in that. I I I think for the first month. Of uh, of Allie being born, I, I don't think I watched anything. We just watched her. <laughs> we just stared at the baby all night long. It's a baby. It's a baby. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what. I think we just uh, spent all the time watching to make sure he was still breathing and. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's a big one. Yeah, gave him his first <laughs> magic cards. She's uh, how many times up during the night, and who gets up? 
Uh, it's more feeding. So Tiffany's feeding her every you looked out. three hours or so. But I, when she needs her diaper change, I get up and change it. Oh, okay. So we trade off on that. Well, not, yeah, trade off in that I change her diaper in the middle of the night and Tiffany kind of gets as much rest as she possibly can. Yeah. We would, uh, we were learning all about late night television during that time frame. <laughs> what was on early, early in the morning. Right. Yeah. Okay, let's see. So, um, I divided my list up into comics, books, video, meaning movies. Yeah. Video games, tabletop games, and toys. So. That's fine. Is that good? Yeah, I just figured, um, the way I put it was, maybe do gift guy in the comics section. Yeah, maybe do it early. But I thought, you know, when you get to talk about movies and TV, then you'd. Well, we're going to do a regular show. Yeah. Okay. Right, just a little bit. Just a little bit of, of news. Okay. Um, I hadn't... Uh, well, no, we don't have to you don't have to talk much. There's... Uh, let's do gift guide up front and then just roll into the other stuff then. Okay. I think that, you know, that's that's good. All right. Okay. Uh, so My gift guide we... is very slim, just FYI. Oh. Well, you already got... The greatest gift of all, <laughs> and you That's probably right. aren't going to recommend it to our listeners anyway. That's my mom. Hello. Great. Cool. Okay. Okay. So. All right. Let's go then. Let's do a podcast. There we go. Cool. All right. Let's see. Nate, let's hear you. Testing, testing. I have two tickets available for the Thanksgiving game. End zone, row 18, lower bowl. Anyone interested? Good price. I can email them. Okay. Uh, Derek? I uh, assume that was some sort of sporting event you were talking about. And yeah, I was just reading a message off of Facebook. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going anywhere on Thanksgiving. Okay, and I'm sounding okay. Good. Da 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 da. Yep. All right, Nate. Are you ready? Beep boop pop. Beep yes. boop. In three, two, one. Oh, listen up, fat boy. No, that's not going to. No, no, no. You, you can't do that. You're over music. Remember, you have to be, have a little bit of volume. All right. I, it was funny, though. It was funny. I was ready. <laughs> I was ready with a comeback. All right. On your point. In three, two, one.